they gave me a new microphone in between, so I was like, oh, how do I do it? <laughs> it's fine, everything's fine. <laughs> well, good morning, so glad that you are here with us today. Um, so glad that I am here with you today, and so thankful that we have this opportunity to gather together. So uh, before we get really deep into the message that I feel like we're supposed to just dive in together with, um, with us together, sorry I said that backwards. Um, Today is also a Mission Sunday. And so over the past couple weeks, we've been collecting $25 gift cards for teens that are in our foster care system. Um, And so I'm sure that you wanna know what that number is that we've collected, right? Okay, maybe we're gonna have to do this again. Okay, oh, Cheryl's about to shout me down, okay? So let's see, I need you to tell me that you are glad to hear this number. Somehow, give me indication. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So are you ready for it? Are you sure? This is so fun for me. Okay, go ahead, Andrew, tell them what we did. You guys, I don't think you understand, 173 gift cards. So here's what happened, right? Children's services in Seneca County, Ottawa County, and Sandusky County told me about about 50 people or so-ish, 50 students, uh, teenagers or so-ish. So we're like, no big deal, we'll double it. Great, 100, and now we did this number, and so now what this enables us to be able to do is to be able to support other counties surrounding us as well that maybe don't, and it enables us to be able to do some other things on top of it. So 173 this year, 200 next year, it's gonna just keep going, life is great, incredible. Yes, awesome. And I'm just gonna tell you that that wasn't one person, that was collective effort all together because we believe that missions is across the street. So it's not technically across the street, but across the street and around the world. And so the around the world part I wanted to share with you today, I got a video just last week, it's about one minute long from our missions partners in the country of Peru. They just recently were able to get back because of COVID restrictions and things. And they are literally uh, standing on the Amazon river. Like when you see the video, you're gonna hear the because they're on a river, and they're talking about where they're going to be able to plant a church. So I wanted you to be able to check that out with us. So watch this video. Hi everybody, we're Chris and Debbie Bowser. We're missionaries in Peru, and we are in the Amazon Jungle Basin, um, and we are planting a church here in Italia. It's awesome to think that on the other side of this river behind us, the Madre de Dios River, that there are indigenous communities that are unreached. But because of this new church that we're planting, the local people will be able to disciple and reach these indigenous communities. So it's awesome, just like I said, just to see what God is doing on here at the construction site where we're building the Assemblies of God Church here in Itawania. Thank you so much for partnering with us. Because of your help and your commitment to us, we are able to reach the people here in Itawania who will in turn reach those on the other side of the river that I just showed you a little while ago. Thank you so much. So people we will never meet, probably, get to be impacted because of our partnership. We pray, we pray, we pray. We give, we give every month to the Bowsers $125 that goes towards their their salary, but also operating expenses. It also goes into this plant fund, this church plant fund, and we go. And yes, we can't go to Peru right now, but we can go 
in other ways. And so maybe perhaps someday God would call you to go to Peru. You can be a 50-year-old in this room and God can still call you to missions just in case you didn't know. Um, Let me just terrorize some of you. (laughs) Um, But God can call you and you can say yes. But really at the end of it all is that we believe that a heart of compassion is what will change the world. We will be the hands and feet of Jesus when we have a heart of compassion and we pray and we give and go across the street and around the world. So as we transition from this part of this service, would you join me in prayer right now? We're just going to pray for our missions partners and what God is doing all around the world. So Father, I thank you that you are moving by your Holy Spirit all across the world, that literally every minute people um, that we don't know are coming to faith in you, that people are being served, that people are being loved all over the place. And so we just thank you for that. We thank you that we get to be part of it. Thank you for this generous church that we can give 173 gift cards, but even beyond gift cards, we can give our prayers and our, and our belief that it's going to truly make a difference in these students' lives. Father, I pray for the Bowsers that you would be able to just empower them by your Holy Spirit, protect them from harm as they're doing some very physical uh, work right now. I pray that you would help them and guide them, bring the right people to their path. And we pray that for other missions partners as well. Empower them and do what only you can do so that the world can be changed under your name by which we are saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so today we are gonna talk about walking through difficulty. And before I even really dive deep into this, um, I wanted to just give you a little bit of a heads up. So this sermon today is going to be as if we were in the same living room and we were just sitting around talking and you're pulling up a chair and we're just having a deep conversation So I have a lot of tricks that I know, a lot of science things. I know how to blow things up. I know how to set things on fire. I I know how to do all these kinds of crazy things and tell the stories. And I've got all the mission stories and all the things. But I'm, I'm just telling you that as I prepared for this message, there were a lot of things that I was like, oh, I could do this. And I could do this. And I could do this. And I could add. And it would have made a lot of sense. But I just felt like the Holy Spirit just wanted today to simply speak to you. So would you do this? Would you open your heart today? There's going to be an opportunity in some of the words where it might be a little bit of a sore spot. You might go, oh, I would rather guard that spot than let the Holy Spirit in. Can I ask you to just let him push on it a little bit? I know that's a big ask. But I'm gonna challenge you that at the end of this conversation, at the end of this opportunity to hear from God's word, your life really could be different. It really could be. Because I'm not here to give you a pep talk or a motivational speech, because if you want that, go on YouTube. It'd be a lot easier, honestly, truly. But what I do believe is that as we sang that song, the Holy Spirit, aware of his presence, that he is doing that and he's working that out. I love how the Holy Spirit works because Carrie had no idea what I was speaking about and one of the lines of the song that we sang that she chose for the worship set, apart from me having this, was you turn ashes to glory. You give joy instead of mourning, right? And in just a few minutes, we're gonna read that passage of scripture that that comes from. So, have you walked through difficulty? 
Do you go through seasons of life where, or maybe you feel like your whole life, you're like, I am the expert on difficulty. I am the expert on suffering. I jumped on that vortex whenever I was 10 and I haven't gotten off the ride yet and I just keep going and going and going and going and I go, why is this happening? For some of us today, that's a reality. Do you know there's such thing as generational patterns? For some of you, you might be stuck in this generational pattern and the only thing that's gonna change that is a lot of hard work and a lot of hard prayer and a lot of trusting in Jesus and a lot of hard decisions and a lot of help. And so today, whoever you are, whether you're online or you're in person, let the Holy Spirit speak to you. And I'm even gonna go so far in this service to prophetically say this to you, that I believe that, and I, God is my witness and those that were here, I didn't say this in the first service, somebody in here or watching online that you really truly considered this week, is it even worth living? And say to whoever you are, walk through the difficulty. All right, so let's go to God's word, enough of my words. Maybe you're here and uh, this week, Satan has been feeding you a whole lot of fun and you've just taken it on. You've been like, yeah, I believe that. I believe I'm not always gonna be the same, that difficulty's always gonna be my best friend, that I'm always gonna have the same things. I'm always going to struggle with. I'm always going to struggle with, whatever the with is. If that's you and that bait, you took the bait, just renounce it right now, like even under your breath. You can be like, in the name of Jesus, I don't take that anymore. So in this, in this jar, I'm gonna put these little tiny beads, and I, it might be hard for you to see, but I'm gonna put these little tiny beads, okay? So these little tiny beads, this is gonna be like our life, okay? And these little tiny beads are gonna be like the difficulties that we face. Whether they're difficulties being faced uh, via somebody in, in enveloping you in difficulty, choices that you're making, whatever the case might be. And so I'm just gonna put, just literally, like, making a giant mess. It's great, okay? So that's all I'm gonna put in, just a little bit of difficulty. Just a little bit of difficulty. And we can see that it doesn't amount to much. If this is the span of our lives, we can see that it doesn't amount to much. And that's a good perspective. Because sometimes we're in the middle of the difficulty, we're like, ah! And really, it's a small amount in the grand scheme of life, okay? And then I'm gonna add this water right here, which is like our faith, which is like our following Jesus, okay? It's, it's like these things all added together. So I'm just gonna add that in right there. And then we're gonna come back to this later, all right? So for those of you that don't wanna watch me, you can just watch my jar. I just gave you an out, you're welcome. All right. So all throughout scripture, all throughout God's word, we find that there are people that tell stories about difficulty, about overcoming, about how God uses them. Today we're gonna look at just two of them. One of them in the Old Testament and one of them in the New Testament, okay? So we're first gonna go to the Old Testament. So the Old Testament, and we're gonna check out Gideon's story. Do you know the story of Gideon? If you grew up in church, there's a good chance that you have acted this out at some point in your life. You've, you've pretended like you were holding water up to your mouth and then your Sunday school teacher said you're doing it wrong and then the, all these kinds of things. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, I have homework for you. Read Judges six through eight this week 
and it'll make perfect sense why I just did that. We're not gonna read all these chapters, okay? But we're gonna take some highlighted portions of them right now as we talk about Gideon. So Gideon, in Judges chapter six, starting in verse one. You can follow along on your notes, uh, your sermon notes on Church Center, or it will be on the screen as well. It says, the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. So the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven years. The Israelites are God's people. The Midianites were so cruel that the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, the caves, and the strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, marauders from Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east would attack Israel. They would camp in the land and destroy crops as far away as Gaza. They left the Israelites with nothing to eat, taking all of their sheep, goats, cattle, and donkeys. These enemy hordes came in with their livestock and their tents, and they were as thick as locusts. They arrived on droves of camels too numerous to count. And then they stayed until the land was stripped bare. So Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. Check that out. The Israelites are God's chosen people, yet they did some wrong stuff for a long time, so they had to have some correction. Hey, correction from God is not a bad thing, follower of Jesus, okay? Their suffering, their difficulty, is what gave their attention to the Lord. That's what we see. Then it goes on in verses seven through 10, Judges six, seven through 10, and um, a prophet comes, gives them some more hard truth, and then verse 11, things get more interesting. All right, so starting in verse 11, Judges chapter six, verse 11, it says, then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Orpha, which belonged to Joash, the son of Abizer. I said that wrong, it's fine. Gideon's son Joash was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. Time out. He's hiding it from the Midianites. Like, Home Slice is scared and he's gonna hoard it all to himself. So verse 12, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all of this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. Verse 14, then the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But Lord, Gideon replied, have you ever said, but Lord? I have. But Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. And the Lord said to him, I will be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. Gideon is addressed as a mighty hero. The Lord is with you. A mighty hero to me doesn't sound like somebody who is hiding, who is hiding and holding things because the enemy outside is stronger than what I feel like I can handle. And yet he is called mighty hero. Gideon asked the age-old question, right? Why is this happening? What do you mean? If the Lord is really here, why is it happening? Have you ever asked those age-old questions? Some of you might have asked them today. When you keep reading through the book of Judges, you find out that Gideon puts the Lord to the test. In the midst of his test, he decides to act in obedience, not knowing the outcome. 
He blindly goes into it and says, I have tested and I'm going to obey. I don't know what this is going to look like, but I'm going to do it anyway. You know what ultimately happens? God gets the glory from the series of difficulties and suffering that he has gone through. God ultimately gets the glory. Now we're gonna go to the New Testament, okay? So the New Testament, and we're gonna check this out in 1 Peter chapter four, okay? So I'm gonna give you some time to find 1 Peter chapter four. But here's the thing, so 1 Peter chapter four, Peter is legit, okay? Here's why. I'm gonna tell you some reasons why. Peter's one of the original disciples. Jesus named him a pillar in the early church. Peter wrote this book to Jewish and Gentile Christians that were displaced. Do you know why they were displaced? Because this was during the time of the Roman Emperor Nero. And if you look up any historical facts about Nero, you learn about what a ridiculously unbelievable, inhumane guy he was. Bananas, the craziest things. There's some more homework for you if you don't believe me. Check it out. And so Peter is suffering in great ways and he knew that there were followers of Jesus that were also suffering in great ways. And so he ends up saying this letter, this is a letter to, to these people. All right, so 1 Peter chapter four, verses one through five. So then, since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourselves with the same attitude he had and be ready to suffer too. For if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with sin. You won't spend the rest of your lives chasing down your desires, but you will be anxious to do the will of God. You have had enough in the past of the evil things that godless people enjoy, their immorality and lust, their feasting, feasting and drunkenness and wild parties, and their terrible worship of idols. Verse four, of course, your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunder into the flood of wild and destructive things they do, so they slander you. But remember that they will have to face God who stands ready to judge everyone, both living and the dead. There are three principles that we find as we walk through difficulty in just these two passages and so many more. So the first of those is this, acknowledge that difficulty will come. Acknowledge that difficulty will come. For some of you in this room, let me just acknowledge that you have suffered things that I can't ever even think about. There are difficulties that you have faced that I don't even have context for understanding. And you know what? The thing of it is, is that God does. He understands. For some of you in this room, I just wanna acknowledge that you are seen and you are known. And here's why this is so important, because sometimes we are, have this tendency to fall into this trap where we go, well, if I'm going to church, I better pretend like nothing has ever gone wrong. And so then what we've done is we've created this culture in this world where we just act like everything is hunky-dory all the time. Difficulty will come, my friends. Difficulty will come. Here's the good news. There's hope in the difficulty. See, difficulty will come to those that are not followers of Jesus and there's no hope there. 
because they will continue to give themselves to the things that pull them back into that lifestyle that they came out of. It's just one drink, it's just one, it's just this, it's just that, it's just this, right? Those things will pull them back because difficulty will come and they'll go, oh, and then back to the vortex, and then difficulty will come. But we do not walk through difficulty as though we do not have hope. How do I know? Gideon himself had weakness, and yet the angel of the Lord said, mighty warrior. So I say to you today, mighty warrior in this room, though you have difficulty, mighty warrior. Peter was writing to this group of people that had so much sorrow, and he acknowledges this difficulty. Jesus acknowledges suffering and difficulties all throughout the Bible, all throughout the word of God, all throughout humankind, all throughout history. But here's two of the things that happen. So in John chapter 16, this is Jesus. He said, I have told you this so that you might have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I've overcome the world. Sounds to me like Jesus has acknowledged that difficulty will come. And then in Matthew 5, 45, it says, for he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. Followers of Jesus, we acknowledge that difficulty has come and will come, but we shouldn't be shocked by it. And yet we are. And yet we are. God, why? Can I submit to you today that when we ask God why, which I actually think is a great question to ask him sometimes, because at least you're working through it, right? But I would submit this to you that when sometimes we ask God why, 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 we can have the indication that there's something that we don't yet know about God's character. God, why did whatever happened, maybe he wants to show himself as protector to you in that moment. A character trait of who God is as protector. Maybe that's an opportunity for you to know the character of God as protector. Maybe it's an opportunity for you to know the character of God as the one that opens up opportunities and teaches you and guides you. Because you've done a lot of hard work, difficult roads, walking by yourself, right? The second thing is this, allow the difficulty to build you. I'm glad I got like a few amens because for most of you in the room, you're like, oh, why'd you have to say that? I don't wanna. I don't want to either. But I know that if I allow the difficulties of my life to build in me the character and the maturity of Christ, that I will become more like him, and in becoming more like him, there will be people around me that will be influenced and changed. I'm not talking about some kind of like, this is your truth, my truth, self-help, magic, all that kind of nonsense that you can like watch five YouTube videos about this and five YouTube videos about this and then blend everything together and hope that you have some kind of form of following Jesus religion thing. I'm not talking about any of that nonsense. Because just stop it. (laughs) So, allow the difficulty to build you. Allow those things that are difficult. The Holy Spirit, Pastor Ken said it earlier, is your counselor, your teacher, your advocate. Peter, 
Paul, John, many more biblical heroes, they depended on the Holy Spirit's power to work inside of them, building them up in faith, and they turned around and did the work of God. Think about it. You get the award when you win the race. Sometimes in our world you get an award regardless, but (laughs) technically you get the award when you win the race, right? Technically. You get the degree or the certification or you get those things when you pass the test. I did not get ordained without having to go through a lot of interviews, a lot of tests, and a lot more interviews again, okay? I did not get that title until I worked through the process that it required me to have. So earlier today, uh, just now, I threw all these little tiny circles just representing the difficulties into our lives, and then I added a little bit of faith. And I don't know if you can see this because you're kind of far away, but these little tiny things have begun to expand. They've begun to take on the water of the faith, and they've begun to expand. There's a whole lot more room for maturity, though. There's a whole lot more room for faith to be filled up Sometimes in our lives, we have to let the difficulties build us, okay? This is how we walk around, and then we go, I don't understand why I can never mature in Christ. I don't understand why I can't understand the Bible. I just, I don't understand. We don't let it happen in us. Because what if, instead of this life, we were doing this one? Right? Where multitude of experiences Every different thing has built up inside of us. It is filled up. And you know what? This isn't even full. There's still room for more because we have not yet seen glory in heaven with Jesus. But what if the maturity inside of you could be built through the grit, through the grace, through the power of the Holy Spirit? Friends, it's so simple, and yet we don't do it often. We as followers of Jesus become these codependent people where we're like, okay, my maturity in following Jesus is going to be good if the weather is right and I can go to church on this day, at this time, at this hour, if I can do it my way and if I can understand the words my way. What if our maturity said, hey, this difficulty is going to build me in faith even if it looks different than what I anticipated? Allow God to grow in you the capacity. And here's the beautiful thing. When we are growing in maturity with Christ, we're not going through it alone. When you're going through these difficult times and they're building you, you're not by yourself. Psalm 66, 9 through 10 in the Passion Translation reads this way. There's no doubt about it. God holds our lives safely in his hands. He's the one who keeps us faithfully following him. Oh Lord, we have passed through your fire. Like precious metal made pure, you've proved us, perfected us, and made us holy. And then we acknowledge that difficulty will come. We see how we're going to be built through difficulty. And the last thing is this. We anticipate how we will be different after difficulty. The difficulty is not actually the end of the story. It feels that way whenever we're in it because it is so hard. The weight might be heavy. The difficulties are real. And it might feel like this is is just how it's going to be. How will you be different? At the end of difficulty, how will you be different? Because you're going to be different. 
So you can be the cynical version of different, you can be the critical version of different, you could be the angry version of different, or you could be the version of different after the difficulty that says, I will be gracious. I'm going to be kind because of the kindness shown to me. I am going to show forth the maturity of Christ in my words and my deeds. You're going to be different after difficulty. So you might as well make a decision now before you head into it of how you're going to be different. Anticipate the difference that will be. So what if difficulties strengthen your faith? What if you see yourself in God's story through the difficult things? There are some verses here in the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament that I think that we can really frame, that can really frame this up for us today. Okay? So we're going to anticipate how we're going to be different after difficulty. And this is one of the ways that we could be. Isaiah 61 verses 1 through 3. It says this, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from the darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, and provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them, to put on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for his name, for the display of his splendor. He is allowing you to become a oak of righteousness that the leaves of the splendor of God are displayed through you. That you can comfort those who need comforted. That you can take that heaviness, that weariness that you feel and put on a garment of praise instead. There's activity so you can anticipate how you will be different. So how will you be different after the difficulty? You will be one that has praised the Lord. You will be one that has said, of this, I will proclaim the truth. Of this, I will show forth his faithfulness. And it's not just like for the spiritually elite that get to do this. Like, okay, this section over here, you guys do that. And the rest of us, we're just going to stay here. We have an opportunity, my friends, to see the difference What does building your faith look like? It looks like getting together with people of God. It looks like worshiping Him. It looks like recalling the faithfulness of God and standing on it therein. It looks like this in 2 Corinthians 1.4. Some of you need to write that down because this is about to be your verse. Okay, 2 Corinthians 1.4. He, the Lord, Jesus, comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give to them the same comfort that God has given us. In Gideon's life, we see God allowed strength and difficulty. In Peter, he shows us that through suffering, it will produce in us faith that will cause us to become more like Christ. The difficulties aren't going to last forever, my friends. They're not. They're not going to last forever. We know the end of the story. Here's the end of the story in case if you don't yet know it. Revelations, Revelation chapter 21, verses 3 and 4. 
And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. Difficulty will come. Difficulty will build us if we allow it and we can have hope to see how difficulty will end. And that hope is in Jesus. That hope is in the faithfulness and trust of who he is and what he has done. It's in and through him. You can be a splen- the display of the splendor of God. And like I said earlier, I wish that I could tell you that I want to make this more complicated. But there's a reason why the Holy Spirit has spoken this and laid this on my heart, honestly, for the last three weeks. And that reason, I believe, is you. Because He sees you. He knows you. Your mistakes, your failures, your flaws, your difficulties, your victories. And He sees you where you're at, and He's like, come on. Come on, come on, come on. And you might be here and you're like, listen, I tried that thing where I prayed. I tried that thing where I asked God and you know what, I'm done with it. Ask one more time. Pray one more time. Believe him one more time. And then after that time's over, believe him one more time again and again and again. Because that's how we take the spirit of heaviness off and we walk through difficulty. That's how we do it. That's how we are built up in maturity and faith. We look at God's word, we look at the Bible and we say, what is here that I need to grow in? What is here that I need to mature in? What is here that I have yet to grasp? And yet here I stand. So will you respond with me today? Because like I said, this is a really terrible pep talk. But this is one of those things that requires action. And it requires you to respond. So would you just close your eyes with me for a moment? I'm not gonna do anything weird up here. Not anything weirder than I have already done. And let me ask you this question. Are you here and you're suffering life's difficulties? And are you suffering with Jesus? Or are you suffering because of your sin? Are you suffering through difficulties because of the choices and the decisions that you have made that have gone against God's perfect standard and you choose those above him every time? You go, I can't help myself. Good. The Holy Spirit is here to help you. The Holy Spirit is here to lead you out of that. That's why he's called a savior. That's why he's called redeemer. That's why he's called friend and helper and convictor. So if that's you and you've been suffering difficulty because of your sin, you have lived an unsurrendered life. You don't even, you're not even like a follower of Jesus right now, but you want to be because your, your difficulty has led you to him. Can I ask you just under your breath, say, Jesus, have mercy on me. I am a sinner. I surrender myself to you. 
these difficulties, they are because of what I'm choosing to do. And I choose you instead. Help me, guide me, lead me. I choose you above all else. If you prayed that, I'm gonna have you connect, mark it on your connection card before we leave today. But for every person in this room, I felt like the Holy Spirit very clearly put this song, the hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness on my heart. Because we need to draw on the faithfulness of God before we go today. We need to be reminded of where things lie when the difficulties come. Because maybe you're in a season of rejoicing and that's incredible. Praise God, thank you God that you were there. But we need to remember his faithfulness. And for some of us, these are faith declarations we're gonna make. So I'm gonna ask everybody to stand with me. And before Carrie leads all of us in this song, I'm gonna ask you this question. If you are here and you absolutely are in this moment and you're like, I have to do something. I have to respond in some way because I might burst if not. This is an area that I'm gonna ask you to utilize. So if you're here and you need to pour out your heart before God, if you're here and you need him to pour into you his faithfulness and speak to you so clearly, if you are here and you just need to be able to kneel down or stand up or whatever, as we begin to sing, I'm gonna ask you to come. I'm gonna ask you to come and have this moment with God. Be so bold to say, I face difficulty, but I'm gonna be the person that is the display of the splendor of the Lord. I am gonna be that person today. And as you come, we're all singing and participating and looking at God anyway. So as we sing, would you do that? I challenge you to respond. And then I'm gonna come back and pray and we will be closed for today. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changes not thy compassions, they fail not as thou hast been thou forever will be great is thy faithfulness great is thy faithfulness in
faithfulness Holy Spirit I ask that right now you would draw every person that hears my voice to yourself that you would draw them by your your power and your might that you would remind them as they walk through difficulty that you are building in them if they will be willing to engage that that you're building in them maturity you are building in them faith and that these difficulties will not last forever there will be an end and maybe it's not here on earth as difficult as that can be maybe it won't be here on earth but it will be with you because you have the final say. So right now, would you just speak to those that are facing difficulty? Encourage them. We choose to build ourselves up in our faith. We we recall your faithfulness. We put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. We look to you with joy and anticipation. I thank you. I thank you that you are breathing life into somebody in this room. Somebody in this room is responding and they are being changed forever. The generational patterns are changing. Things are shifting. And that you have done this work for your glory so that you will be made famous, so that your kingdom will be expanded. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm gonna have you sit down for us. <laughs> My challenge to you is to um, walk through, walk through the difficulties, but walk with Jesus every step of the way. You'll never regret a day that you walk with Jesus. I'm not that old, but kind of old. And I can tell you that I've never regretted a day I've walked with Jesus.